We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Road trip, which was difficult for a lot of reasons, including players in and out of the lineup with injuries and COVID issues, ends with the Knicks winning the first two and then losing the last two. And they'll now fall to three games under 500 on the season at 17 and 20. And Tom Thibodeau, I'm sure, will be thrilled to get back home in some games in Madison Square Garden, even though the Knicks have played better on the road this year overall. The Knicks looking to get some practice time as well. All right. Well, that was, that was refreshing. Um, so the Knicks lose this one by a final score of it doesn't matter. Uh, this was not a game for most of the second half, and really, if we're being honest, this wasn't a game from from tip off um this is what a game looks like where you have one team that is not nearly as talented as the other team um get that out of the way first i'm sure there will be takes about this player played bad or tibbs could have done this differently or this and that and the other thing i mean look the Raptors have had a rough season as far as uh, injuries go and, and health and safety protocols and the whole thing. They were also playing pretty inconsistently to start the year. I'm not saying they're like a top 10 team or anything. They're about, they're going to be after this game, probably about 17th or 18th in net rating. I think they're a little higher than that. They're a top half of the league team. They're a good team. Um, certainly better than the Thunder. Um, and the Knicks with the, with the talent they had tonight are, I don't know. Do you put them in with the with the Magic, the Rockets, the Pistons, and I guess yes, the Thunder and the Pelicans without Zion? Eh, probably not as good as the Pelicans. Not as good as the Thunder. Um, yeah, that's that's the team that we watched tonight. It is what it is. Um, you know. It's interesting. A lot of people got very excited to see this team without Julius Randle. I was one of them um, because I thought take him out of the equation, more ball movement, more guard heavy offense, better defense. Um, and I think what the last two games have revealed to me, at least, and I'm sure they revealed different things to everybody. Uh, what they revealed to me, at least, is a couple things. One. I'm going to give this uh, credit to my my good friend Ray Marcano, uh, friend of the Knicks Film School uh, newsletter, and he said this during halftime tonight. Role players are role players for a reason, and you know I'm I'm as guilty of this as anyone. Um, Deuce McBride comes in has a good game, and you know whatever it was a week or a couple three four weeks ago, same thing. Quentin Grimes. Um, you could extend it to Obi Toppin. I'm going to put Obi in a different category. I'm going to get back to Obi in a second. Um, who else? Uh, I'll throw Emmanuel quickly in this category. You know, guys, and these are two of these are guys are rookies, you know, a couple second year players. Like guys have roles for a reason. And um, guys get drafted where they are for a reason. And guys just are where they are in the pecking order of a team for a reason. And it's because they're only, you know, capable of doing so much. And oftentimes when forced into a bigger role, the things you see in the smaller sample size 
do not come to fruition. Um, and they certainly didn't come to fruition tonight or in, in the last game. You know, and I know after the last game, I went on and on and on about how they got good shots. They just missed them. Well, sometimes when a player gets put into a role that they're not used to, those shots that they're missing when they're coming in as like the energy guy and the whole thing, that shot's not going to go in in the same way because the pressure's on in a little bit of a different way. Um, you know, keep in mind, Deuce McBride, the best game we saw him play was when he was kind of forced into action after, what was it, Derrick Rose went down on the Houston game. That was unexpected. He didn't have any time to think about that. He didn't have any time to dwell on that before the game or anything. And, you know, tonight McBride's a little bit of a weird one because Tibbs obviously saw some stuff he didn't like early and took him out of the game. I, I'm not going to make a big deal out of that. It's certainly not why they, they lost um, in any case. Um, but it's why – I've been – and look, I've, I've been as hard on Randall as anyone over the last few weeks, but it's why I've been consistently, at, you know, of the position that, like, it, it's not about burying Randall. It's about getting Randall right. This team's not going to go anywhere, you know, without good players. And they didn't have their three best offensive creators for either of these games. They didn't have Julius Randall, they didn't have Derrick Rose, and they didn't have – um, Kemba Walker. Uh, obviously, tonight they played a better team, and they were also down an additional player from what they were down on Friday night in Mitchell Robinson. Certainly helped in terms of the rim protection. Raptors are a big team. I know they don't have a traditional center, but they are a big fucking team. And they exploited the fact that the Knicks didn't really have, as was commented on on the broadcast several times, they exploited the fact that the Knicks didn't have a rim protector. Although, honestly, if Mitchell Robinson played in this game, I don't, the, world, the result is not you know, markedly different. I, I, I doubt it. Um, you know, so what were they left with? They were left with Evan Fournier. They were left with RJ Barrett. They were left with Obi Toppin. They were left with Alec Burks. And they were left with Emmanuel Quickly. And a couple of those guys I thought had decent games. I thought, well, actually one of those guys had a good game. I thought Alec Burks had a good game. He only finished four for 10. Let me rephrase that. I think Alec Burks had a good half. I think Alec Burks rescued the first half when he came in. Um, subsided in the second half. But at least Alec Burks shows you, you know, he's a guy, get in there, do some stuff. Um, if I was a contender, I said this on the halftime Zoom, if I was a contender, I would be calling the Knicks on a daily basis about Alec Burks to see if I could get Alec Burks for a late first-round pick. Because I'm not saying he's going to swing a championship or even a playoff series, but that guy could swing a playoff game or two for the right team in the playoffs. Um you know, and then from there, I thought Obi Toppin, by the way, 45 minutes for Obi Toppin. How you doing? Um, 19.6 rebounds, six assists. It's, you know, I, I, my complaint about Obi Toppin, and I know he was aggressive there on a couple of plays late in the fourth quarter in garbage time. They didn't go down. I would have liked for Obi Toppin to be more aggressive. Um, I thought he was a little bit too careful. I thought he was a little bit too hesitant. When he got an opportunity to do stuff, I thought he picked his spots well. I was a, my, my favorite player from this game by far was Obi Toppin, and I actually absolutely hated, 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 hated the criticism that he got after the Thunder game, which was like, Knicks fail with Obi Toppin in place of Julius Randle. That's not why they fucking lost that game, and anybody who watched that game knows it. Obi Toppin was deferring too much in that game. He deferred too much tonight. He wasn't assertive enough. Um, but when he picks his spots, usually good things happen. And I am, I, and I know he's not an elite defender and I know he's still working it out on, uh, with the, with the shooting. I get all of that. He is not a big time player yet, but from what, what we see from him, especially tonight with the passing, I thought the one, the one positive, if you're going to ask me to take one one positive out of this game tonight, as difficult as that may be. It's Obi Toppin's passing, playmaking, head for the game. And when I said before I thought he was too unselfish, I didn't mean those smart passes. I thought just at times demanding the ball more. Um, and what the real shame of it is, and what I really am upset about after both of these games, and I know I just complimented Randall and said that this team needs Randall back and, and not – let me be very clear about this – not back playing like he was. Again, if it's the version of Randall that we've been getting, it would have made a fuck of a difference. But they need Julius Randall back playing some approximation of the version of Julius Randall that he was last year. 
What makes me upset after watching this game is I would have loved, loved to see this roster, this rotation, with even give me one of Derrick Rose or Kemba Walker. 35 minutes of either of those guys. And I didn't get any of them. And as a result, at point guard and as a as a guy to really initiate the offense, the Knicks were left with Alec Burks, who, God bless him, did what he could. Emmanuel Quickly, who I'm just going to say it, I've been a biggest fan of Quickly as, as, uh, as anyone over the last two years. I think he was exposed a little bit in these, in these couple of games. Uh, Deuce McBride, who I think, you know, again, you want to blame Thibodeau for, for being a little harsh on the kid. That's fine. I, I mean, I'm not going to get worked up about it, but clearly not quite ready for, for prime time. He was, again, there's a reason he was drafted when he was smaller guard thought of more of a combo guard than a point guard. Um, you know, and then RJ Barrett, who, um, I got to tell you, I know he ended up with however many points he ended up with. I was not impressed by RJ Barrett today. Um, he had a couple of nice moves. I thought it was encouraging that he had a couple of nice moves, fresh off of some nice moves in the last game. He had some decisions and 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 an effort that was – I don't want to be too strong in my language, but – Left a bit to be desired. Let's just say that. His attention to detail, his carefulness in this game, his just everything. Um, and again, is this a role he's accustomed to? No. No, it's not a role he's really had all year. It was a role he had a little bit last year as a second, essentially a secondary creator. Um, Apologies, my, my youngest daughter is screaming for some reason in the background. I don't know why. Um, I think they're giving her a bath. I think that's probably why. Um, but, yeah, this is the role that R.J. Barrett um, – this is the role that R.J. Barrett foresees for himself in the league. I think even the biggest R.J. fan would say that they acknowledge that R.J. wants to be the guy. And RJ got to be the guy in the last couple of games, and it didn't go so well, you know? And when you're the guy, you got to be the guy on both ends at all times and, you know, make good decisions and all that stuff. And, I, you know, I didn't love what we saw there. Um, you know, Fournier gave you his 20 points, you know, bravo. It's like uh, – it's the same shit from Fournier that we've been seeing. Uh, you know, I know it was an efficient 20 points. I don't really care. He is just not – he's a guy that I'm ready to be done with, and I think a lot of Nick fans are ready to be done with. Um, Quentin Grimes, 22 minutes. You know, I like that Grimes competed on defense. It was nice. Um, Kevin Knox just – Kevin Knox played a basketball game. Uh, that is that. But, yeah, my, my big takeaway, and then I'll get to the Super Chats, and then we're going to get out of here a little early tonight. Um, my big takeaway is I would have – I really would have liked to see them be able to play both of these games with – Again, either Kemba or Derrick Rose, if they were able to play with both Kemba Walker and Derrick Rose, I would have been very, very curious to see if would have things – I mean, I think things would have gone differently. How much would they have gone differently? I don't know. I don't know. But they didn't stand a chance tonight on the offensive end. They just didn't have enough playmaking, didn't have enough shot creation, uh, didn't have enough poise, um, all, all the things. They didn't have enough of anything. Um, they got outclassed and, uh, you know, tried hard for most of the game. And then they just, some of the guys let go of the rope and that's really all there is to it. Um, all right. I'm going to get to super chats and, uh, some regular chats. I'm sure as well too. Lunas, am I right? I still think this team without Randall, but having Derek Rose and Kemba and Mitch would have been very interesting to see. Again, it's so funny how my thought process coincides with some of the people that, that come and watch. Uh, these things. Maybe we've been just, maybe it's an echo chamber and we're the only people who think it, but yeah. Also, Obi's passing was interesting to see a hundred percent. Yeah. And Mitch too. I, I'll, I'll give that, I'll give that as well. I thought, you know, the Thunder were a bad matchup for Mitch. I kind of said that two nights ago. I think tonight, um, although every fucking Raptor was hitting, hitting everything. Um, but, yeah, I think they could have used Mitch tonight. And if they had had 
Mitch and again either of Rose or Kemba. I would have been curious to see what it would have looked like. And again, that slots guys into their roles. You know, it means you got 18 minutes of not Kevin Knox tonight. You wouldn't get any minutes of Kevin Knox tonight. You know, you got um, you know 22 minutes of Grimes. You got you know 45 minutes topping. You know, maybe I, I kind of like the 45 minutes topping. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but you would have got guys more. You know, you got 30 minutes of Taj Gibson tonight. I would have think I, I think with one of those point guards and Mitch would have equalized things a little bit, and I would have been curious to see it too. Kevin Danishevsky, Fred Van Fleet should be an all star. Yeah, quick word on Fred Van Fleet. Um, I mean, it was a crazy time. Um, other people, I'm I'm sure reported this as well, but I said it on the day that uh, the, I think free agency opened in twenty was twenty twenty. When Fred Van Fleet signed his extension, the Knicks wanted Fred Van Fleet. I had reported during the year Fred Van Fleet was number one on the Knicks board, uh, free agency wish list, whatever you want to call it. And it never got to the point where, again, my um, <laughs> my, um, uh, my my understanding, it, it never got to the point where Fred Van Fleet was ser- would have seriously considered coming to New York, almost regardless of the offer. Um, so I don't know that there was an offer. I don't know that there wasn't an offer, but they wanted him and he just had zero interest in coming here, you know, and maybe things would be different if he was going to be a free agency, a free agent this off season. Although he seems like he loves Toronto pretty well. Um, that dude's, that dude's awesome. I mean, he's awesome. Scotty Bar. You want to talk about the guy that like Nick fan, Nick, Nick fans who like, and again, I, I don't, I don't want to, talk down to anybody, but people who, who put like RJ on this like highest of high pedestals in terms of this guy, he's like a do everything wing and he defends and he can pass and he can shoot and he can finish. And he's like this jack of all trades, but like a super size, like a, a, a better than a better version of that. Like, you know who that guy actually is? It's Scotty Barnes. And he's doing this shit as a rookie and he's better as a rookie than RJ's been in two and a half years. And, and I'm sorry if that's uh, harsh to say, but it's, it's true. Um, that dude's going to be a fucking star in this league. And then Pascal Siakam, you know, the guy you want to, we want to talk about Julius Randle falling off a cliff after making second team all NBA. That was Pascal Siakam last year. After he made second team all NBA, he kind of went into oblivion. There's some interesting stuff, you know, with the relationship between him and the team. It was, a, I think there was a one game suspension or whatever it was. That dude's still really fucking talented. So you got Siakam, you got you got Van Fleet, you got Barnes, and uh, who am I forgetting? Oh my god, <laughs> probably the best player on the team, OG Ananobi, who absolutely took RJ behind the behind the woodshed. And uh, man, I mean that could have been a scene from uh, Pulp Fiction there in the basement. Um, oh boy. That was that was that was unfortunate, um, but yeah, it's a good again. It's a good team. It's a, and they draft and develop well, and and kudos to them. Anyway, uh, RJ looks so rough tonight. Uh, this is more of Kevin's comment. His defense was terrible. I don't know if it was terrible. I mean, again, it's OG Ananobi. The guy, if he had if he had missed any games, would probably be in the All Star conversation this year. He's really good. I think RJ had good moments on defense, and he had other moments where he was a fucking space cadet. Um. Uh. <laughs> Um, on the other hand, there are positives. I thought Grimes looked really good in his minutes, and I liked Obi's game. Uh, yeah, Obi's Obi's was good, and, and our, oh, Grimes played some nice defense. Apparently, uh, Andrew didn't care for my Pulp Fiction reference. Uh, Keith Austin trade Randall Kemba and two firsts for Ben Simmons. Okay, hold on, let's process this. Trade Randall Kemba and two firsts for Ben Simmons. Okay, trade Evan Mitch and a second. For Miles Turner, trade Nerlens Burks and a first for Christian Wood. Nice young core. So the Knicks are trading every draft pick they could trade because the rules for trading draft picks, you can only trade every other year, and uh, you can only trade seven years out. So we're going to trade every draft asset we could possibly trade, and we're going to build around Ben Simmons – Miles Turner and Christian Wood, and then I guess the young guys. Um, 
I'm going to pass for now. But check back with me tomorrow. Um, okay, giddy up. Um, uh, I'll, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna take some some regular chat questions because, uh, as I expected, this is gonna be a light night tonight. Uh, big football Sunday. Um, hopefully, anybody in here who's who's uh, in a fantasy Super Bowl is doing better than me. I had the misfortune of going up against uh, who is this guy's name? Jamar Chase today put up 58 points on me in my uh, fantasy championship. Not what you want. Exactly. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ebanks says, if you think RJ sucks, then why would Sacramento trade us Fox? Um, I don't think RJ sucks at all. I think RJ is a good player. I think RJ just, again, if, if anybody, if you've been watching me or listening to me for really since the day RJ got drafted, I'm high on RJ Barrett, but I'm just lower on him than people who are like, he's the second coming. He's going to be, you know, an all NBA level player. He could be the second best player in a championship team. All that stuff. He's a good player, but he's a good player that I think is not yet at the place where he can help teams win, certainly not as the first guy. And I think last season, you saw what R.J. Barrett could do as the second guy and as the third guy. And I say both of those things because before Derrick Rose got here, I think R.J. Barrett was the the, the number two. And after Derrick Rose got here, I think R.J. Barrett was the number three. And lo and behold, what happened? After Derrick Rose got here, they got to be a really good team. So that gave you evidence that with a really well-oiled machine of a team, which last year's Knicks were, if you plugged R.J. Barrett into the number three hole and you had a really good number four in probably Bullock or Burks, give or take, they were the four of the five, and then you had like a nice bench, like – you could be a pretty good team. Um, where, where my only pushback is uh, with RJ is the craziness about like, what could he be as like a number one? Or if you like ran all kinds of like, he had the opportunity to really take this game into his hands tonight and the other night. And he had some really nice moments the other night. He had some nice moments tonight, but he's not that level of player. And I, I and for anybody who's like, Oh, he's only in year three. He's only 21 years old. Yeah, I hear that. But then you know, go and look at what most of the real stars, like the real stars in the league did in their third season, you know, and it's, it's usually, you're, you usually already have an indication that like, okay, this guy is going to be special. Can RJ make an all-star team? Absolutely. RJ can make an all-star team. Um, can he still be a really helpful piece on like a championship team? Absolutely. Really big time, high level player. I'm just 
you know, when I see what I see with him, I, I, I point it out. And whereas Barnes is like, Barnes, like, you know, that dude, he's ready now. He's ready to help teams win now. Um, especially with that jump shot, which I don't think a lot of people expected. What that has to do with, um, with the Aaron Fox. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, all right. We got another super chat here from Hush Zoo. Our bench is insane against other teams' benches, but not quite there yet against uh, other teams' starters. Might be my most outrageous take, but Grimes is the highest ceiling on the team out of our young guys. Um, wow. I will say... Mm, highest ceiling on the team out of the young guys. For me... Uh, Goodness. Grimes falls fourth behind quickly um, Obi and Barrett, which is probably not saying much. I like Grimes. I think Grimes is a nice player. That is a hot take. Um, I don't know. I really do go back and forth at this point on, on all three. There have been moments this season where I've thought RJ has the highest ceiling. There were moments this season where I thought Obi has the highest ceiling, and there were moments this season where I thought Quickly is the highest ceiling. I'd be interested to put that to a poll to most Knicks fans. I'm sure RJ would win, but I wonder what it would look like. Um, mm. Who has the highest ceiling out of those three? I don't know. That's a good one. That's a good one. I don't know. Gun to my head right now. I, I think, I think I still say RJ, despite what I just said about him. But Obi's, Obi's close, and and I know he hasn't had a good couple of games. I, I quite frankly, he hasn't had a great season. Um, well, no, I think he's had a good season. But whatever. I'll put Emmanuel quickly right there too. Um, from Matt Smith, uh, Jason M, and Frank. It's November 1st, 2022. Who is the Knicks starting lineup in your rough estimation? My God. Ugh. Really going to ask me that? Hold on. Let me dwell on that for a second. I think there's another Super Chat comment that I could buy time with. Um, Kevin Danishevsky. EF, Evan Fournier. 20 points. Oh, I think I know where this is going. 20 points. Did he really have zeros across the board? Yeah, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero blocks, zero steals. That's not what you want. Uh, him and Knox, all-star anti-D team. <laughs> I mean, I mean, God bless Knox. He's, I, I mean, I think I got a comment from uh, my buddy uh, Frank Barrett uh, about my hesitancy to um, to pick on Knox. I mean, what do you want me to say about Knox? He's not, you know, he's not an NBA player. I'm not going to pick on a guy who shouldn't be in the league. He's not an NBA player. That's that's all. And Fournier is an NBA player, which is what what makes Fournier all the more frustrating, because he is an NBA player and he could he can um, he can actually do shit. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, he was frustrating tonight. He was not great. Okay, let me uh, put on the old the old uh, what's that hat that or rub my crystal ball, whatever it is. Starting lineup next year. Um, there's only one name who I feel confident thinking. No, it's not thinking cap. It's like the Andrew just texted me thinking cap. It's not thinking cap. It's the, with like the wraps and there's like a, a, a thing in the middle, like a ball or a, a gem or something. It's like the, 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 the Swami, where's the thing? I, I don't know. Um, the the the, mo the guy who I have the most confidence in saying is going to be in the starting lineup next year is RJ Barrett, and I have zero like not zero. I I don't even have a lot of confidence that RJ Barrett is going to be in the starting lineup next year because I don't have a, a, a that much confidence that RJ Barrett is going to be on the team next year. I think he'll be on the team. He'll probably be on the team, but like, would I bet my life on it? Absolutely not. I wouldn't bet my life on it. Um. I have no idea what this team is going to intend to do in the offseason. Like, if they get – if they if this season goes the way it seems to be going and they get a high pick and they feel like they could turn around and they could trade that high pick to get a star who Julius Randle wants to play with, 
and you know they can trade for another guy using some of their young assets. And they're like, they could talk themselves into a big three. Well, guess who's going out in that deal? RJ Barrett. You know, um, I'll say if you again, if you put a gun to my head right now, I'll say RJ Barrett, Julius Randall. Miles Turner, uh, God, this sucks. Uh, D- mm. Darren Fox and Quentin Quentin Grimes De'Aaron Fox, Quentin Grimes, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Miles Turner Sure, why not? Um, Oh, that's right, I forgot about him, Andrew Andrew just texted me LeBron James Thank you, Andrew, I appreciate that Um, Okay, this is from Jason M. I think Kemba may be out for a long time. Yeah, so we should probably update anybody either listening to tomorrow or right after the game. The Knicks, uh, according to The Athletic, are planning on signing Arch- Ryan Archidiacomo. Uh, Mike Breen also said on the broadcast tonight that the Knicks are awaiting results of, uh, I don't know if it was an MRI or whatever, on Kemba's knee. It would not shock me in the least if Kemba Walker has played his last game for the Knicks. I'm just going to say that right now. I hope not. I don't think that that's likely. I'm not going to put a percentage on it, but would it shock me? No, it would not shock me. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know. Um, uh, Robert Cross, Mr. Hashtag 53 wins. Happy New Year, Robert. Here's the positive and the highest ceiling. Obi, if you can develop a respectable three, and punish smaller players in the post. Watch out. Hashtag 53 wins. Here's the thing. I think you can punish smaller players in the post right now. I think tonight, as much as I was very excited to see it, revealed that Obi at the five does still give you some serious issues. And I I, I knew I knew that going in. Um, but that's why it, his – like Breen said it tonight, and it could not be – it couldn't be said enough. And that's why Breen, Mike Breen's the best announcer in sports. Obi developing the jump shot unlocks everything. Because as of right now, his best utilization on offense is still either at the five or as a four with like a stretch five. If he could just make that jumper, just it doesn't like he doesn't even need to make above the break threes. Just make corner threes at like a 36, 37, 38% clip. That's fine. If he could do that, I think he could take advantage of, of, of mismatches on smaller players right now. He's such a smart player. He's such a high-energy player. He's such an unselfish player. And he is a talented player, and he is a skilled player. Um, yes, he still needs to play off of guards to be effective, talented guards to play, be effective. But guess what? There's more and more and more talented guards coming into the league every day. Um you know, I, I man, I wouldn't – I don't think that there's anything that, that could come on the table this trade deadline or this offseason that would get me to trade Obi Toppin if I'm the Knicks, which which is funny because I just said R.J. Barrett. I still put R.J. Barrett above Obi Toppin in terms of the Knicks' like best young players. To me, without question, Obi Toppin is their most untradeable asset because that's – I still think there's – there is an Amare, Amare Stoudemire-esque effect he can have on an offense if you put the right team around him. And I think he's already shown enough that he warrants the investment of putting a certain type of team around him. I think he's that good. I, I just, I'm so high on this kid. And nothing about the last two days has um, dissuaded me. From that opinion. Uh, this is from Frank Miranda. Mac, it's your boy Frank from Patreon. Oh, what's going on, Frank? How you doing, buddy? 
it's good to see you. And thanks for being a patron of Nick's Film School. We, we always, we all appreciate it. We need to trade RJ. Oh my God. Frank's coming in hot. He's coming in hot. He ain't it. Uh, I'd send him to Sacramento in a heartbeat for Fox. He has regressed, especially on the defensive end. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to go there yet. Uh, I'm not going to excuse his game tonight be, uh, on him being placed in a role that was not from that is not normal for him at, at this level of, of the game. But I also am going to give him a bit of a pass. My, my concern for RJ and why I wonder – no, no, not wonder. Why I think the Knicks will listen on him if the right move comes up is because, again, I fully believe he is a player who, in his mind, he is a number one option on, like, a good team. And I, I, and I don't want to say that and have it come off like he doesn't care about winning or he doesn't care about doing the little things to win or any of that stuff, because I don't. But I just – I don't know. I wonder what – I wonder what his long-term like, – like we always come back to the same thing. What if RJ was a number three? He would be so much more effective as a number three. And we saw him as a number three last year. And as I just said 20 minutes ago, it worked great. Um, but I wonder how he's going to feel about that when he's not 20 years old. But when he's 23 or 24 or 25 or 26. Now, the obvious comeback to that is, well, he's going to be a better player at 23, 24, 25, 26, 27 years old than he is right now. So have patience and give him time, which is why I'm not willing to go here yet on this comment. But if I am the Knicks, I am at least asking myself, where is the development curve here for this player? And if it tops out at a certain level, is he going to be happy and comfortable being placed in the, the, the resulting role that that skill level requires him to be in? Um, and by the way, how much money is he going to want for the right to do all this? Because that's something that's going to be front and center in about six months um, when his negotiations for his extension kick in or, or can, be, can, be, can be had. And I am fascinated to see how that goes, as I've said on here several times. Uh, Greg, film stuff. Excuse me. I Again, the, the, the scotch is flowing tonight. Um, the fact that Obi only had 19-6-6 six and six, and I thought he was too passive at times is exactly why I like him over Jules going forward. Yeah, let me just be very clear. Any uh, – Anything I said earlier in the stream, complimentary of Julius and like why they need Julius and any um, any um, light criticism of Obi. Like if you're asking me if I if uh, fork in the road, two paths, do I pick the road with Obi or do I pick the road with Randall for this team moving forward? Ten times out of ten, I pick the road with Obi Toppin and it's not it's not a consideration. It's not I don't I don't have to think about it. Um, He's Marion slash stat 2.0. I love the, the Marion slash stat. Obviously, Marion's one of the, one of the greatest defenders of all time um, in his prime. Um, and, and that's not Obi. But, uh, you know, again, I don't feel like Obi gives a lot up on the defensive end. If you play him at the four and you're able to slot him on the least threatening wing on the opposing team, I think he's smart enough and athletic enough and agile enough to hold his own. There was a moment late in this game where, again, it was the fourth quarter, I know, but someone, I forget who it was, someone beat Obi off the dribble. And um, Obi recovered, and there was a play at the rim, and it was Siakam, it was Siakam, that's right, it was Siakam. And Breen was like, Siakam missed the layup. And I'll be damned if I didn't see Obi get a, a couple of fingertips on that ball. Because he recovered, and he didn't give up. And that's Obi. He, like, Plays with effort, energy all the time. He's going to get smarter as a basketball player. He picks stuff up. I, it, 
think I'm already going back on what I said before about who's our who's our best asset. I I love Obi Toppin so much. I can't I cannot speak highly enough about Obi Toppin. Um, who would be the perfect point guard for the Knicks? Is the other part of, of Greg's uh, question. And thank you for the super chat, Greg. Jesus Christ, who would be the perfect who would be the perfect point guard on what version of the Knicks? The version of the Knicks that you're talking about, where Obi Toppin is the starting power forward, and let's say Mitchell Robinson's your starting center, and you got a couple of solid wings, maybe RJ and I, I, I don't know, I guess Fournier. Um, mm, who would be the perfect point guard for the Knicks? Oh boy, I'd love to see Donovan Mitchell on this team. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, alas. Uh, I mean, no one, there's nobody available in, in free agency. So it's like, what are we talking about? You're talking about, like, you know, I mentioned, I've obviously mentioned Fox before. So I think De'Aaron Fox is the perfect point guard for this team. I don't know. Like, what, how much of De'Aaron Fox being an atrocious player this season is that Fox? Is that Fox, like, in Sacramento? Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't have a great answer for you right now, Greg. I mean, like, what do you want me to say? Like Steph Curry? Yeah, sure. Um, but like in terms of like what we're envisioning for this, for I think with a team where Obi Toppin is like a featured player. Um, man, Darius Garland would look awfully fucking good next to Obi Toppin and Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. Oh, well. Um... All right, let's keep it going here. The Oh, wow. Super Jack got, got lit up all of a sudden. The Truth NBA. I think Obi's a 2025-10-5 guy if he's aggressive and has a decent point guard. Do you agree? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Because, we, I mean, we, we just saw it, right? Um. And, like, he's still feeling his way. And he felt his way in college. It took him a little bit of time. Again, he's not not playing the Fordhams of the world anymore. But, yeah, I mean, because he's going to get 10 on a good team, on a good team, a team that has shooters, like real shooters and some real creation, where he's just a finisher. Like, if you put him on the Warriors, and, again, I know the war, it's that's probably not the best comp because the Warriors are just – defensively at they're hellacious in, in a good way. But like, if you gave him like, you know, Steph and um, like Draymond at the five and you put Obi as the four next to Draymond and Steph and like two shooters, like he's that that's, that's 14 points a game that he doesn't even need to think about, you know? Um, or you put him on like a classic, like running gun team with a point guard who could throw a good lot, who could like fake a guy out and actually give you a matchup advantage um, and then throw a lot like again, 10, 12, 14 points without thinking about it. And then the question is, can he get whatever, four or five, six, seven, eight points either on fouls or in isolation or on putbacks or whatever else? Like, yeah, I think you could do that. And then the 10 and five, I, I, if he's getting 30, 35 minutes a night, I don't think 10 and five is going to be hard for him. hundred percent. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure enough, I thought this was going to be a 20-minute live stream, and here we are in minute 40. Um, Slacker Hero, hard to see the Knicks being any higher than an A seed. Uh, completely agree with the way they've played so far. Shouldn't they just prioritize development and trade some of these vets, get rid of some of the bad money? Yeah, it's easier It's easier to say than do. Um because I don't like right, put Rand like they're they're just they're not going to move Julius Randle before his extension is even kicked in. I know I'm the one who's brought it up several times this year. They're not going to do it. Um, so you're really talking about Fournier, Burks, and Kemba. I'm sure Kemba w- would be willing to be moved to a to a decent team where he could play. Who wants them with nine, nine million, ten million dollars actually guaranteed next year? I don't know. I don't know who wants Evan Fournier. 
And again, the Knicks are not like with Brock Aller on this staff. They're not the Knicks are not gonna like trade Evan Fournier for like a like a guy. They're not gonna like to trade Evan Fournier right now. You'd be getting like an expiring contract of like not good, not a good player, maybe. And you might have to give up like a second round pick to make that deal. Or you're like getting a player who's like not very good and has another year left on his contract. And then it's just like a straight 12. Like that's not great asset management. Like at some point in time, some team in the league, I know this sounds crazy to say, will want Evan Fournier and will want to give up a real thing to get him. The Boston Celtics gave up two second round picks to get him at last year's trade deadline. What are those second round picks? He was an expiring contract. I get all that. But like, I don't want our potential tanking ambitions to get in the way of just smart roster management. You know, that has to come first. And if you win a few more, like, I don't think this team is good enough to get a really great shot at the top four in the lottery anyway. So, you know, I, I don't know. Um, biological goat. It's okay to criticize Randall for the low energy, lackadaisical play while acknowledging that the kids need more time. Best comment of the night. hundred percent. Yes. Yes, yes. I'm going to read it again in case anybody didn't hear. It's okay to criticize Randall for the low energy, lackadaisical play while acknowledging that the kids need more time. I am going to take a screenshot of this comment because that is going to uh, find its way into the Knicks Film School newsletter uh, tomorrow. Um, So Andrew Claudio just uh, forwarded me a tweet. that uh, Hard Knicks Life podcast tweeted and Berman asked the question, Tom Thibodeau on social media's opinion of Julius Randle being meaningless and on Kemba, who he benched a few weeks ago, suddenly being a terrific player. So this is the response. on social media and now you don't have them for two games and the team really struggles. I mean, it, does it show how much of a cog he really is to you guys? He's a terrific player. You know, and the, the thing is, it's, uh, and that's, that's a, you know, it's the day and age of social media and that's what social media is. You try not to pay attention to it because it's really meaningless whether it's praise or criticism. It doesn't really matter. It's really, really what matters is what we think. And so we know how important it is, but it's like the backup quarterback. Everyone thinks the backup should start until, until he has to start. And so, hey, Julius is a terrific player. You know, Derek's terrific. Kimba's terrific. But, but you know, guys are going to miss games. And when they do, we, there's terrific players on our bench. Get in there and get the job done. Yeah. That's about what I would have expected Tom to say. It's a good response. I've, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm supposed to have a take on that, but it's a good response. Um, CT Pibbin, what's going on, CT? Good to see you as always. What's up, Magri? I'm just hoping the second half of the season yields better results than the first half. Still a lot of basketball left to be played. Yeah, 100%. And we should just say, so obviously they lost this game. The Raptors passed them in the uh, standings to move into 10th place. Um, the Raptors are a better basketball team than the Knicks probably even when the Knicks are healthy, if we're being honest. Um, Boston also passed them because I don't think the Celtics have played yet. So the Knicks right now are 17 and 20, eight and a half games back, tied with the Atlanta Hawks, two and a half games up on the Indiana Pacers. Um, I am going to go out on a limb and say that I think the Sixers have righted the ship just enough. Maybe Cleveland falls out of that top six and there's an opportunity. But at this point, it's not about the games that you are back of Cleveland. If you assume that they're going to come back down to earth, it's about how many teams are ahead of you. The Celtics are ahead of you. The Raptors are ahead of you. The Wizards are ahead of you. I think the Wizards are going to fall back also. And the Hornets are ahead of you. Hornets don't have a great point differential. Um, about the same as the Knicks. Um, I mean, my realistic, if you if, if you're someone who wants a team to continue to try to win games this season. I mean, realistically, I think if they could get in the seven seed, that would be an absolute miracle. More realistic, probably the eight or the nine. You know, get get a home game in Madison. I don't even know what I, which I would prefer. Get a home game in Madison Square Garden 
for the nine ten, and then go somewhere. Well, I guess, I guess you'd rather be the AC, right? Because you you could win the game on the road and get into the seventh spot. And if you lose, you still get a home game at the Square Garden. So yeah, I, I I mean Jesus Christ, I'd sign for the eight or the nine right now. And you know what? I'll still take that over over tanking again. And the reason I'll take that over tanking is because I don't know how much fruit tanking is really going to yield you this year because I, I, it would take, cause I don't think, okay, see, well, I was about to say, I don't think OKC has pulled out all their stops yet. And I don't think OKC has pulled out all their stops yet. I think I have some more tanking chicanery in them. You're not finishing worse than Houston, Detroit, or Orlando. Throw in OKC, that means at absolute worst, you're going to be, or best, I guess, depending on how you look at it, you're going to be the fifth worst team in the league. Portland, are they packing it in? I don't know. San Antonio was actually good. Sacramento, we'll see. Minnesota can't be discounted. And then Indiana, what direction did they go? Like, I, you know, for anybody who is advocating the tanking route, I think there is a real path. I can't believe I'm saying this. I think there is a real path to finishing with the fifth, fifth worst record in the league, probably more like sixth or seventh realistically, but fifth, sixth, seventh, something in that range. You know, that could get you somewhere. Would you rather be that? Would you rather be the fifth or sixth worst record in the league, or would you rather be – the eighth seed in the East or the ninth seed in the East. I don't know. Different people have different opinions. Uh, Kevin McEwen. What's going on, Kev? Good to see you as always. With the talk of how good Obi can be with the right point guard, I couldn't help but wonder what he could have looked like with Lonzo Ball at the point guard position, especially during the regular season, Kevin, because what does Lonzo Ball want to do? Lonzo Ball wants to run and run and run and run and run some more. And with Obi Toppin, and man, if you gave me another solid defender in the backcourt, a guy who could create turnovers, I mean, let's let's just call it like it is, Alex Caruso, right? Um, you know, and Alex Caruso is a backup, obviously, for Chicago, and Chicago is where they are because of DeMar DeRozan and, and Zach Levine. Not saying that we would be the Bulls, but yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that the what if – the what if on Lonzo for me is actually is more interesting than the what if on DeRozan because I don't know. I have trouble seeing DeRozan fitting in seamlessly on this team and like all of a sudden it's all wonderful. Uh, and I'm again, I have DeRozan probably fourth or fifth in my MVP right now. So I it's not it's that's not a knock on DeRozan. It's just more of a knock on some of the other pieces. Hey, what's up? Say hi. Okay, you can you can finish the, the live stream with me. Um, but yeah, it's a very fair it's a very fair question. All right, we got a couple more, and then we're we're gonna get out of here. Um, Robert Cross, if you could get him, Jalen Brunson and I, Jalen Brunson and I say this as an SHU grad fan. Otherwise, Rory Sparrow. Um, I love Jalen Brunson. He's an unrestricted free agent uh, this uh, summer. Um, I don't know what he's going to cost. I think the Knicks will be in on him. I don't know how much you want to pay that guy. He's a backup point guard. He's a good backup point guard. But, hey, our backup point guard right now is 33-year-old Derek Rose. So, who knows? Uh, Drew P. Obi needs a shot or elite defense to be a starter. You have to brush your teeth. Go. Love you. Don't trip. Let me move this thing. Okay. You look very beautiful, Elsa. Um, I don't know if that's true. I think Obi could be a maybe not a top-level starter. Um, the shot will help. He needs. I'll give you that. He, he needs the shot. To be a starter on a good team, he needs the shot to come around. Um, Aaron Roy, thoughts on trading Randall for Patrick Williams? <laughs> The money, the money does. I don't laugh at that because it's absurd. Uh, Zach Lowe and uh, someone were just having a conversation the other day about trading Pat Williams for um, Jeremy Grant on the Pistons, obviously with some other salary. So it would be, it would need to be Pat Williams for and salary for Julius Randle. Would the Bulls do that? 
man, I shouldn't have left. Maybe it's, you know what? If they're willing to trade Pat Williams for Jeremy Grant, Pat Williams and salary, would they be willing to do it for Julius Randle? Holy shit, you just might have broke my brain. Um, I mean, I would do that in a heartbeat. I love Patrick Williams. Uh, I was a, a big fan of Patrick Williams in um, the draft. I would have loved to see. I mean, I love Obi Toppin, but um, man, that's a good one. Hold on, I'm looking up the Bulls' salary cap right now. This is what happens when you get me thinking. So it would need to be Pat and. Uh, oh, they have Derek Jones' salary. Does that get it done? Nine point seven, 10, 17, 17 plus five. Oh, I don't know if that gets it done. You might be, yeah, Derek Jones Jr. Thank you, um, Andrew. Uh, I think that gets it done. Maybe you throw in one more salary, like a Tony Bradley. Uh, oh boy. I mean. What's the worst that happens? You call and they say no? Shit. Oh my goodness. I would I would I would put Julius Randle on my shoulders and I would carry him to Chicago if that uh that uh that got it done. I don't I don't know. Um all right, we got one more here from Jason M and Andrew. Tell me if I if I missed anything. With the struggles of quickly McBride on offense and Kemba Rose's health, I can see the Knicks training for Colin Sexton either at the deadline or the offseason. Um, uh, you know, you know, that's, you know, Jason, that's a really interesting one. Well, we're on the old, uh, well, we're on the old salary tables. Colin Sexton makes 6.3 million this year, which means you could trade him straight up for Alec Burks. If I'm Cleveland and Dan Gilbert is like hell bent on making the playoffs this year, you know, I know they just traded for Rondo. Alec Burks could help Cleveland. I'll give you another name. He was in Cleveland already. I have no idea if they want him, but you want to talk about a guy who'd be an interesting Derek, uh, <laughs> Ricky Rubio replacement. How about Derek Rose? Um, and he signed for an additional year as is Alec Burks. And, and, and by the way, and again, the Knicks are not going to send these players someplace that they don't want to be. So they, they would have to sign off on it. All of a sudden, this is where the team option becomes incredibly valuable to a team that doesn't get to sign free agents whenever they want. No one wants to fucking go play for Cleveland. So, oh, man, you got me really thinking about uh, whether the Knicks would make a play for Colin Sexton at the deadline. If they did make a play for Colin Sexton at the deadline, my my assumption is that the Cavs would know that Sexton would not be willing to sign for what they would like to sign him for, which is basically six-man money is what I'm assuming. And then, you know, the Knicks would obviously have his restricted free agent rights. And uh, – how would that go this summer in a summer where there's not a lot of big talent, but also there's not a lot of teams of money. Um, I don't like Colin Sexton and that interests me. That's an interesting move. And I, again, I do not like Colin Sexton, but it's not nuts. I'll just say that it's not nuts. Um, Oh, you're going to have me thinking now, Jason. Uh, okay, that's it. This has been great. Uh, again, this is why Knicks fans are the best fans in sports. We just watched a G League team, or not a G League team, a summer league team, get blown out in a season where nothing crazy is happening this season. And yet, I'm on here talking for an hour, and there are still you know upwards of 300 people uh, sitting here with me. So thank you, everybody, for uh, watching. Thanks to everybody, obviously, in the chat, and the Super Chat, the whole thing. Uh, we're going to be putting up, a, uh, I believe, a bonus episode of the Knicks Film School podcast, something that's normally only available for patrons. We're going to be putting it up tomorrow on the Knicks Film School feed. Um, if you like that episode, 
Feel free to subscribe to the Patreon level where for only $7 a month, you could get uh, an additional podcast episode every week. They usually run an hour and a half because it's me and Andrew talking about the NBA at large. And I can't shut up when I talk about the NBA because I just, I love getting to talk about the NBA. Um, so yeah, it's like a dollar a month or excuse me, like a dollar. How does this work out? Yeah. It's like a dollar per hour per month for bonus podcasting. Like you could, you know, think about all the things you spend a dollar on it. Uh, you could do worse anyway. So that episode will be up tomorrow. Check that out. And uh, we will be back with you with uh, post game for the next game. And then uh, me and Jeremy will be dropping our normal episode uh, on uh, Tuesday. So not tomorrow on Tuesday. Uh, check that out. And uh, everybody have a good uh, what's left of your weekend. And we will <laughs> talk to you soon. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.